Welcome to Selling Sacramento. You are listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we are live on Facebook, Selling Sacramento on the radio. We are also on Periscope and YouTube. So if you would like to tune in via social media, those are the platforms in which you can find Selling Sacramento. I am excited about my guest on the show today. We are actually in season two, everyone. (laughs) Yes, as of last week, last week was my first show for season two. We have been on the air now for one year, and I'm excited about the direction the show is going. I'm excited about the foundation that's being laid. Our show today is called Controlling Our Narrative. And I put a subtitle, The Next Generation, because my guest today is Mr. Marcus D. Smith. And Marcus is new to the Sacramento Bee as a journalist, but not new to the Sacramento area. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Marcus. I'm going to give you some market information, some news stories that I think you need to hear about about the industry, give you a little information about Marcus, and then We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it will be the Marcus D. Smith show, y'all. So I want you to know that. But I'm excited to have Marcus on because he's with the Sacramento Bee, and he is with their... it, it, am I, I want to call it initiative, but that's not it. What do we... How do we label Equity Lab? Is it a division? Y'all about to hear Marcus let's, speak. Let's talk about that a little bit later. Okay. We'll talk about it a little bit. Look, he didn't put me in my... This is my show. <laughs> I'll tell you when we talk about it. <laughs> so there is a, a, um, a division in the Sacramento Bee called Equity Lab, but we are going to talk about that. But Marcus's goal is to be a voice for the black community here in Sacramento and to help control the narrative and bringing positive stories and shedding light on the things that are going on in our community. So I'm really excited. I'm super excited about having him on the show because he is so young, y'all. He represents hope in the future. He's so handsome. He could be my son. He just, you know. But anyway, I want you all to stay tuned to hear more about Marcus Before we go on break, there are a couple of articles that I came across that I think you all need to hear about. And normally I kind of take a biased stance when I talk about things, and I'm going to be totally unbiased about these two things. Rent is on the rise in Sacramento. Sacramento is on the nation's top 10 list of rent increases. More people are moving out of big cities and heading towards surrounding areas like Sacramento. The transition is driving rental prices up in counties like Sacramento, while rent in areas like San Francisco is going down. This is bigger than what I used to have. This is a quote from someone. It has a yard of my own, so a lot of space. I have a lot of parking, something you don't find in the Bay. So this is a story that's talking about the mass exodus that I often talk about. The prices are so high, whether you're buying or renting in the Bay Area. A lot of these people are coming here. 
and it says that this person moved into a one-bedroom rental in Sacramento on Monday. He left the East Bay, and he's now paying a third of what he used to spend on rent. A recent report from Realtor.com shows rent is decreasing in California's urban tech hubs. For example, rent for studio apartments in San Francisco dropped 31% compared to last September. Santa Clara, San Mateo, and Alameda counties also made the top 10 decreases for counties across the country. Meanwhile, there's growing demand for housing beyond those major cities. Sacramento ranked number five in the nation for rent increases for one-bedroom units and number six for studios. Studio rent prices saw a 16.2% increase from last year, bringing the median rent up to $1,400. And they're quoting uh, someone I know, an agent, Franco Garcia of Garcia Realty, said Sacramento is indeed seeing this exodus from Silicon Valley. And this article, I think, is important because as you live in your own neighborhood, your own area, you're often not aware of anything going on outside of where you live. And it's very important that we understand the economic impact that outside forces are now beginning to have on our city. You want to be in front of these things. You want to be ahead of it so that when it hits, you're prepared. You're not unprepared. And so that's why listening to this show, listening to this station is truly important, especially for the African-American community, because we oftentimes get left in the midst of after the storm. We're the ones, we're, we are the, the community that's left trying to pick up the pieces, pieces trying to rebuild because we weren't prepared. So I'm sharing this information with you because prices are rising. They're not going down. Stop waiting for the market to crash. It may or may not, but don't wait for it to crash. Don't sit around and not do something with yourself, with your talents, with your gifts, thinking that, Uncle Sam is going to come along and save us. Time out for waiting for the government to save us. We've got to save ourselves, and we need to do that by becoming financially literate, by educating ourselves on, on what's going on with the process, with politics, and things of that nature, and staying ahead of the curve, making sure that we're doing more than listening to 30-second sound bites of information. The next story says that California unions spend millions on property tax measure while real estate firms counterpunch. I'm going to remain biased on this because this is about me, people like me. So I'm just going to read you the story, stay very unbiased, and let you hear what's going on. <laughs> unions and big real estate companies are locked in an expensive fight over proposed changes to California property tax rules each dropping tens of millions of dollars on ads to persuade voters in the final stretch before Election Day. If, pa if it passes on November 3rd, Prop 15 would overhaul the state's property tax system by taxing commercial property owners by large businesses based on current market value instead of purchase price. The change would result in a big tax increase for many businesses and billions more in revenue for schools and local governments. Independent polls have found voters are closely divided on the issue with just days to go before voting ends. Proposition 15 supporters have raised more than 62 million this year, mostly from unions 
and the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, the philanthropic organization of the Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, pediatrician Priscilla Chan. Opponents have raised roughly $69 million, mostly from California, the California Business Roundtable, which is primarily funded by real estate companies. So I am not going to say anything to lean one way or the other. I will just say do your homework, do your research. Proposition 15 opponents argue raising taxes during a recession will further hurt businesses that are already struggling. I guess by me saying that, I kind of leaned one way. Do your homework. Do your homework. There, uh, I have feelings for and I have feelings against, but my feelings don't matter. All of these issues impact everyone differently. And so do your homework, but know that, that that's coming up. Before we go on the break, I want to introduce to you my next guest. Marcus D. Smith is a multimedia journalist from Sacramento, California, who currently writes for the Sacramento Bee as their black communities reporter. In 2017, he received his bachelor's degree in journalism from Texas Southern University. Hey! It's in Houston, Texas, and prior to accepting a position with the Sacramento Bee, he formerly worked for the state of California's Department of Consumer Affairs and covered California. Throughout those positions, he's maintained his love and drive for journalism. He used to freelance as a high school sports reporter for Citrus Heights Sentinel, the Citrus Heights Sentinel, and covered the San Juan, San Juan Unified School District. He spent time in radio promotions with KIFM ESPN 1320 and KSEG 96.9, the Eagle of Intercom Communications. He produces photo and video content through his up-and-coming production company, MD Studios. And in his spare time, Marcus enjoys working out and staying fit. And if you are watching us on Facebook Live, you will see exactly how fit he is. He's handsome, y'all. He's handsome. He's going to be a wonderful representative. I can just feel it in my spirit. So when we come back from the break, we are going to have a conversation with Marcus, get to know more about him, introduce him to our 97.5 FM KDEE fam, and we will be right back. Uh, virtue. Anybody, anybody, uh, uh, so to me. 
of turning your passion into profit. Empowering, empowering, educating, and encouraging sisters everywhere. This is Today's Black Woman with Jennifer Kent. Kimberly Seals Allers is author of the book, The Mocha Manual, Turning Your Passion into Profit. One of the things I first tell people they have to do is they really have to get to know themselves. And it's, it may sound a little hokey, but when you're running a business, your first and most important asset is you. Everything starts in with you. So it really, the process really begins with an amazing self-awareness, particularly of your strengths and weaknesses. And this is really important when you're building a business because a lot of times people can pick a business that's not um, perfectly matched with their strengths. And so by really being aware of your strengths and weaknesses, you can make sure, you can actually optimize your chances for business success. This is Today's Black Woman. I'm Jennifer Kidd. Selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, buying the block back. Everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and I am here with my very special, handsome guest, Mr. Marcus D. Smith of the Sacramento Bee. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Key. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. First and foremost, this is a great opportunity just to introduce myself to Sacramento, especially the 95.5, the 97.5, excuse me, KDEE family. Yes, and this. This is the audience here is so faithful and, you know, the love that we get here. I think the love that comes in is based on the love that goes out. So you are going to be warmly embraced, warmly embraced. I want to get right into this interview with you because you are back to Sacramento. You were here. Now, were you born and raised here? I was born in Monterey. Mm hmm. Raised here in Sacramento. Okay. In the Elk Grove area. And you went to high school at? Franklin High School. Okay. What's Franklin's mascot? The Wildcats. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Has it been I'm, that long? It's, it's, been, it's been a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You, you, have, you have the right to do that. And from Franklin High, you went on to? Went on to the illustrious Texas Southern hey. University. Now, tell us about that whole experience, because I know a lot of young folk that want to have that HBCU experience, and um, we hear about it. You hear the good and the bad. Tell us your experience, because that's a great school, by the way. It's a fantastic school, and just all around for no matter what your major is, they have a great program for each and everything to where people prosper. Mm -hmm. So... My experience, if we're, if I'm speaking from per, my personal view, there's no other experience like it. Mm -hmm. It's one of the greatest experiences, and you have to be there to 
expect to understand to know what it feels like. That's what I hear. Did you pledge? I did not pledge. Okay. Were you close to pledging? That's undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave that. We'll leave that alone. So between college and high school, which did you prefer? Which experience was best for you? College, absolutely. Above and beyond. Above and beyond. I mean, that's not to. Franklin High School was a good school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was diverse. It was integrated, and you had specific teachers who would look out for you, and others who just did. You know, you're just another it. number. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I hope you do great, but if you don't, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas going to an HBCU and then, of course, college, mm-hmm. you actually have, because that's what they told you in high school, like, it's going to be the same. You know, you're going to have professors that don't care about you, X, Y, Z. So going to an HBCU where the professors, they care about you, they're actually looking out for you, not only networking-wise, but, like, academically you know right. like how are you doing today make sure you get your assignment in and right you need to stay after or come early ex- ex- everything right so they're they're looking beyond just you as a student and looking at you as a person looking out for your best interest for your future really mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't be where i am today without my hbcu mm-hmm. now i know you don't have a another university to compare it to, but do you think that because it was an HBCU that you got that kind of attention? I didn't get that kind of attention at a certain school that I'm not going to name. Okay, we can't be bashing our no, HBCU. Every, no, no, human, I, I didn't go that. to HBCU. Oh, okay, oh, okay. So that's oh, okay. What I, yeah, that's what I meant. Well, that, we're not going to bash any no, schools here. No. But I would say I can't speak from any, anyone else's point of view, but like I was alluding to, everyone's human. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just good, genuine human all there, and that's also great. Mm-hmm. But I also... I also am. I also fundamentally believe that you have to actually want it. See, I was a hungry individual mm. coming out of high school. I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't playing basketball anymore. So, mm-hmm. what was the next thing I wanted to do in life after playing basketball? I wanted to report. So, okay. okay. So I initially went to school for a sports journalism degree. They told me, well, that's just a subsidiary you have to get a journalism degree first yeah yeah (laughs) and learn the whole aspect of it that's a great lead-in because that was going to be my next question as far as what led you to journalism so you actually started the path of thinking about journalism once you got to college well was it before it was it was the first thought was my junior year when i got cut from my high school team that's that's when it was like all right what if i didn't play basketball what would i do Mm, started thinking about plan b yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Made it my senior year, and that was good. And then college came. So it was like, all right, what do I want to do? All right, well, let's just pick back up where I left off. And it was, all right, it's gonna go, we're going to go to school for communications, get, get a journalism degree, mm-hmm. and voila. Wow. <clears throat> and the reason I asked you that about the HBCU and people caring is because I've had friends that have gone to HBCUs and I get the same feedback. Like, yeah, they just care a little bit more about you, about your destiny, about you on a daily basis, just to make sure they, they kind of keep you in and involved. Yeah. And that's not to say other other colleges and universities aren't, right. but I just don't have that experience. So I can't speak on that. I can only speak on my experience. Right. And my experience was... I said, hey, I have a dream, I have a goal, and I have a drive. And they said, okay, we respect that young man, and we're going to stick you to it. Mm-hmm. 
So they, and that's the other thing too. You said you had that drive, you wanted it, you were hungry. And oftentimes when people see that in you, they want to pour into you. That kind of just, you just kind of pull them towards you. I mean, well, and that's and that's the thing, going back to the HBCU, mm-hmm. everybody wants to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're a part of the HBCU product. You're a part of the TSU family. So everybody wants to see you succeed at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So tell me, who or what inspires you and why? What inspires me? Just to be better every day. That's that's what inspires me, honestly. Um, just to be the best you can be. Just whatever you were this day, just try to be better the next day mm-hmm. and the next day and the next day until you are your most absolute best self. Is there a reason for that? Is there? Did you have an experience that let? What led you to that? Because that's a little more. That's a that's mm-hmm. a mature thought. Well, I just I just get that a lot. That usually I'm, happens I'm more when they're 40, yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot, but I spend I spend a lot of time with my parents, mm-hmm. my grandparents, my great grandparents, and just I just listen I just listen to the words they say. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep your you got to keep your family close. That's one thing I would say. You keep your family and your loved ones close mm-hmm. and listen to the things they say, even though it may sound like nonsense. Listen to the little things they say because mm-hmm. it's. You never know. You- That's great advice. For, so for our young listeners, did y'all hear what Marcus said? He said, it might sound a little crazy, <laughs> but pay attention. Let those nuggets fall on you. Keep it in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. In one of your articles, you had the opportunity to meet and interview Dr. Alan Rowe. In your article, Black Students in California that Offered Alternatives at the HBCU Virtual College Fair. In the article, you noted that upon graduating from high school, many black students in California don't have the same opportunity or option to attend a four-year university. And then then you go on to talk about the percentage of black uh, high school graduates being eligible. It was pretty low. Only 35% are eligible to attend UC or CSU secondary education, while HBCUs enroll 10% of the country's black students and the graduation percent rate is 40%. When you wrote that story, what was your biggest takeaway after completing that story? Well, my biggest takeaway is that as a country, the college graduation rate is low. But going to college and having my own struggle, seeing other people struggle where everyone's struggling together, I college is hard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a trying time for a lot of people especially first-time college goers Mm -hmm. you're not used to being by yourself so for some people it could be a rough transition Mm -hmm. and throughout that and well just the walks of life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. college is is no is it's not any it's not just a cakewalk what advice would you have for a young person that's considering going to college, whether it's an HBCU or not, but they are contemplating the college experience? What pieces of advice would you have for them to prepare that would help them be more successful? Well, whatever, you, whatever your choice to go to college is, 
stick to it. Unless you know that this is just absolutely what I don't want to do. And people change majors all the time. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Just if that's what you want to do is go, then go. And when you do go, understand this. It's not about when you finish. It's a marathon. It's about just finishing. Mm, once that's you, good. Because once you, once you get that degree, that's what, in this world, that's what, like, solidifies you into, into the profession that says, all right, right, we can look at this guy. Right. Showing, having the degree means you can finish something. <laughs> you, exactly. you have completed it. Exactly. Whether it's a degree in forestry, at least you finished it. Exactly. Right. And that's when people just want to see consistency. Right. And hard work at the end of the day. Right. I like that you added that it doesn't matter how long it takes. Yeah, absolutely not. Just that you finish. Yeah, no, there's, there's, the graduation rate in the U.S. is 33%. percent mm-hmm. and that's that's for a four year for a four year rate. Mm-hmm. The six year rate is a little bit higher, or actually a lot higher at sixty five. Mm-hmm. So so four years compared to a six year or a seven or eight, even eight years, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about how longer long how, how long or, or how short there's some people that yeah. finish it in three and a half years some people two and a half right yeah but it's just a, a, it just really matters about finishing it right and that's at, at the end of the day that's what it's all done. when it's exactly. all said and done exactly did you finish exactly you wrote another article sacramento's black wall street i i really loved this because i never thought about the the Florin Road Marketplace being Sacramento's Black Wall Street. I love that title, and I love that idea. Um, we know that Tulsa's historic Greenwood District was the community that coined the phrase Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where in the early 20th century, African Americans had created a self-sufficient, prosperous business district. The term Black Wall Street was used until the Tulsa race riot of 1921. How do you draw the correlation between the Greenwood District and the marketplace of black-owned businesses off Florin Road? Okay, so if we just kind of divulge into history a little bit, you have Greenwood, which is, which its components are black businesses, black business owners all coming together saying, hey, my business can help your business. Your business can help his business, et cetera, et cetera. And so just that aspect alone before the riots, before the massacre happened, you have you have black progress Yeah. at an early stage in America. You got the black dollar circulating in the community. Exactly, circulating into over our own. Over and over. And then once, once what happened, happened, the damages were end up being one point five million, one and a half million dollars, mm-hmm. and you can do the ma- you can do the math on your own. Everybody at home, you can do the math on your own and how how much that translates to into, today. into today's money. Yeah. But yeah. think of if that Greenwood district was still in today's. Right. So when I look at just the the root of it, which started as one black owner, just being able to come come and buy buy a plate, buy some property. Mm-hmm. And call it his own, mm-hmm. and then another black owner being able to come and buy their own, mm-hmm. and another and another, and then you're able to even lease some of yours out to another, so another one can come in. You can have more, right? right? When that happens in a place now today, like Florence Square, that's that's beautiful because it's the yeah. same concept, mm-hmm. and that's 
why not only myself, I, w- I went ahead and said we should run with it, mm-hmm. along, of course, with my, with my editor approving it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when I asked, when I asked Mr. Donaldson, when I asked Brother Raw, mm-hmm. like, this is because the way I first saw it was like a Yelp or a Google review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw wow. this is like a Sacramento Black Wall Street. I said, huh, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when, I, when I confirmed it and asked, um, like I said, Mr. Donaldson, Brother Raw, mm-hmm. they were said, yeah, that's what, that's what we say. That's what we say. That's mm-hmm. how we feel it should be. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm. I see that. Yeah, it makes sense. So and Mr. Donaldson owns the entire complex. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Donaldson owns Florence Square. Mm-hmm. Brother Raw is the one who puts on the African marketplace every first and third Saturday mm-hmm. of each month. They take my whole paycheck. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm wearing these beautiful, exquisite earrings by Sister Cleo Cartel. If y'all visit her shop, she got soaps and things i think she took half my paycheck but um it's it's an amazing place it's an amazing place to go and i was just there a few weeks ago they had the soul food fest Mm -hmm. and it was i felt safe there because when you arrived everything was on point there were lines where people were separated waiting you're waiting in line to actually sign a disclosure saying you know you're not sick Mm -hmm. you don't have covid but they even took your temperature before you even walked into the area where everything was going on gave you a face mask if you didn't have one because you had to have a face mask to get in and so they were doing the right things you know checking everyone and then you get in there and you kind of feel like oh my gosh people because you (laughs) hadn't been around people in so long but it was it was really a nice and very well put on event and so I appreciate that about the marketplace, about Florence Square, that when you go there, it's not um, ganky. It really is. It's And it just seems like it's getting better and better. Have you been out there lately? I've been, I went there oh, at the end of October. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I went there the first Saturday. <laughs> oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, I went okay. there first Saturday of this, of this month and then the third Saturday of September. Okay. So... So yeah, I've been, I've been there twice now, and I absolutely just love the place. I mean, it feels so good to walk into a place and not feel like you're going to, and, and no one's like really giving you like, ga- there's no one gazing at you, like yeah. really just watching your every step, your right. every move, what you're doing with your hands in your pocket and things like that. Wow. Or what are you doing if you're just, just walking around just because you've never even been there before wow so you just feel so at home all the business owners are extremely friendly yes they are and the food the food is great oh my god the food i love the artisan poor they, yeah. they that's where they sell black owned wine by black winemakers and see you guys if you're if you haven't been to the florin marketplace every first and third saturday of the month and if you're on facebook you can google it are we taking calls i don't know i never feel like that's going to be a real call can i say this yes sir it's not that's just the african marketplace florence square they have black businesses that open every single day right some maybe just be off on a monday or on a sunday but for the most part the florence square is open every single day right and those are black owned businesses that you can support 
The, and thank you for bringing that up because it's actually that's absolutely right. It's open every day of the week, just about with all of these businesses inside. This first and third Saturday is just a very specific event where they bring in more vendors and it's more excitement wrapped around it. If you would like to call, if you if you're listening and you were a real caller, I'm always hesitant. Oh, we're going to take this call just in case this might be a real caller. 97.5. Hey, how you doing? It is absolutely a real call. <laughs> this, my name is Willie Harden, and uh, hey, I'm an advocate and supporter of the African Bazaar and Marketplace. Not only is it a safe place for black people to do business, it is a breath of fresh air. Yes. And absolutely. I like the fact that the young man came online calling it the Black Wall Street. Uh, I want to commend him yeah. on his journey and uplift and support him. Uh, to, because if we don't tell our own story, somebody else will tell it. That's right. Uh, exactly. When I've taken people to the African-American marketplace, it was like opening a no, new door to them. Right. Uh, I was a part of the Black Student Union at Consumers Union College, and I took 12 people down there. And things haven't been the same for them since. Right. Uh, not on, And I heard what you said. You're like, it's not only a safe place, but I feel welcome and I feel supported. And that's who we are yeah. as a people. That's not what's advertised right. on the mass media and on uh, social media. Uh, that's but right. that's who we really are. So that is right. I heard you guys talk, and I'm sitting listening to my car. I said, I got to call you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a real caller. Not we appreciate caller, the call. I'm an advocate and supporter of the things that I see that are positive in our community. And I can't say enough about some of the business owners that are down there. They're not only my friends, but I tell them mm-hmm. I don't do business. I sponsor relationships with people that look like me, mm-hmm. and that seed grows. Yes, love is the only thing that grows, whether you choose to water it and support it and nurture it. Right. So love is growing right there. I suggest that's anybody right. that's within the sound of my voice that's listening on KDE to go down to the African marketplace if you haven't already been. Thank and you. And plant a seed there. Thank you, Louis. A seed of love and support. I appreciate that call. Thank you so much. And I'm just going to reiterate his uh, call to our people who are watching on social media. He called in to basically say, hey, yeah, the, the, not only is the Sacramento marketplace, the African-American marketplace, a good place to be, but it's where love is thriving. You feel welcome. He backed up everything that Marcus was saying. And he is also someone that shops there and his, his friends that do business there. He, he said something that I wanted to piggyback on. And um, I, I lost my train of thought with it, but it's going to come back to me. But um, being down there and feeling the, the energy that you feel, like, like he said, when he brought people down to the marketplace, it was an experience that something they had not felt before. You immediately get that. Exactly. It's not like walking through a flea market. It's, there's like some energy going on that's like, wait a minute, what is this? And like you said, you don't feel like you got somebody breathing down your neck, trying to follow you. You feel the love and people are happy to see you. They're glad that you're there. They're glad that you're shopping with them, not just not just because you're you're giving them money, of course, but because it's good to see our people out having a good time, enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. and of course, 
when we do spend the dollar, because that happens with everyone who goes out, we're spending it back within our community and going ahead and really trying to circulate that black dollar. Right. And if you're spending your dollar with those businesses, you're helping them provide for their families. You're helping them pay their bills and take care of their children and send them to college, to an HBCU in the future. You know, he said something else about um, the dollar um, circulating. What did he say? He Oh, shoot. I lost my train of thought again, getting excited. It'll come back up. But um, the whole idea of controlling the narrative, which is the name of the show, controlling our narrative and what happens when you actually get there versus what we hear about us in papers where you're not writing the stories <laughs> or on shows where they're trying to portray what black being african-american or being black is we are now in a position now to control our own narrative what are your thoughts about that what are your thoughts about this position that you've taken well that's exactly what and this is why I said we'll talk about it later because I knew we would. <laughs> it is. Is this later? <laughs> this okay. is later. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's exactly what the Equity Lab is. We're really focusing on on communities on on to talk about things that haven't been really discussed before and really change the change the narrative as how they're perceived mm -hmm. in the media. Mm -hmm. So starting with the black community, that's why when I saw it, going back to your uh, our previous conversation earlier, mm -hmm. when I saw that it was available on, when I saw the job had an opening on Google, I was like, I need to apply for this right now. I need to apply for this right now. And thank you by the grace of God that I, that you got that it. I got it. I mean, and what does having this job mean to you? It's a huge, it's a huge position. It's a huge platform just mm -hmm. to really be the voice of the black community and just be a symbol of hope and inspiration and uh eventually maybe even a, also even a role model not eventually but yes even a role yeah. mo even a role model you are whether whether you like it or not <laughs> oh, i love it yes good <laughs> and you are literally the voice of the african-american community because sacramento b is at another level when it comes to media outlets and so being connected with them you now have the ability to make sure the narrative is right. Exactly. It's the sac it's the Sacramento Bee. I mean, this is Sacramento, California, the capital of one of the greatest states mm -hmm. in in the country. We're a top five economy mm -hmm. in the world, California right. is. Yes. So being being able to be the voice of the black community of the capital of the greatest state, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we're in the right position to have a stake in that top five billion economy in the world right you know what i'm saying so that's what it's really about just to be just to just for everyone to see that vision see that drive and try to try to have it expand to everyone else as best possible now that leads me to my next question which is your next what are you working on now we talked a little bit about it but i want you to so what i'm working on now i'm really excited about so we're going to, and We'll, pre we'll premiere it soon, but what I'm going to do is start every week highlighting five, four to five black-owned businesses that you all can support. So all if you right. don't already, make sure you subscribe to the Sacramento Bees Equity Lab. Okay, because how do they do that? They can go to www.sacb.com, mm -hmm. and you can just subscribe. It'll... It'll lead so you it'll right to it. So it'll have a column, the Equity mm, Lab? Exactly. Okay. It'll be under local. You can go to Equity Lab, 
and you can subscribe. Okay. Be- so, so subscribing to SACB and then to Equity Lab. Yes. Okay. And then, so this is for them to get to you to recommend the businesses. That's right. Okay. You can you have to subscribe, or if you want to get to me personally, of course, mm-hmm. you can follow me on Twitter at Sir Marcus Smith. Okay. I know where you are on Twitter. You know where I am. <laughs> so, same as same as my Instagram at Sir Marcus Smith. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna put these links up on uh, the Facebook page and my social media so that you guys can have them to go back to. Uh, but go ahead. So I, I interrupted you to to give you an opportunity to tell people how to reach you, but you were telling us about what you're working on. The five businesses every week. You're going to highlight oh, them. thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. I get so excited about That's it. Okay. I sometimes <laughs> forget. <laughs> so, yeah, so four to five businesses, black-owned businesses, we're going to highlight every week, whether it be this week, restaurants, the next week, barbers and hairstylists, nice. next week, law firms, next, next week, um, computer technicians, just nice. each and everything in Sacramento, and if I can't find them in Sacramento, the Sacramento region. Mm-hmm. So that way, we can find ways to continue keeping the black business. dollar and doing business with black, with black people, awesome. with our people. That's amazing. That's very good. That's a wonderful way, a very powerful way to use your position. We'll, we'll sanitize <laughs> after that, if y'all saw that. Yeah, we high five. We're going to sanitize later. It's right there. We'll get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> There you go. So tell us the next article that you're working on in conjunction with. So in conjunction with that, the next article that I'm working on is really, is really I can't really speak on it too much right now. Okay. Okay. Just because it's still, it's, it's still, still in, in the, the works. works. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one I, that I can tell you that I'll be working on soon is just pretty much once all the, once all the elections are over and we know what propositions are passed and what's not, then I'll be able to kind of review them all and say how this affects how, what, and how does that directly affect the black community okay. and things things of that nature. So Okay. Good stuff cooking up. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and I, I was getting ready to go into something else. I peeked over at the time. I felt it in my spirit. I see my engineer clapping. <laughs> so we all know what that means. It's time to take a break. <laughs> You've been listening to 97.5 FM. We will be right back after the break, y'all.
When she get home and get behind closed doors, man, she hit the floor. And what you can't see is she on her knees. And if you ask her, she'll tell you it's the God in me. The lady is a leader, and I'm talking about you. Empowering, empowering, educating, and encouraging sisters everywhere. This is Today's Black Woman with Jennifer Kent. As women, leadership comes naturally, and I've dubbed women who recognize this fact lady leaders. We're talking about cultivating key attributes as lady leaders, like this trait, knowing the needs of others. I know, I know, we aren't mind readers, but shh, don't tell our man or our kids that. But lady leaders have a unique ability to read people to the degree of being able to know what's necessary at that given time. We cultivate this skill through empathy, simply walking in the other person's shoes. Another easy way. Don't be self-centered. Lady leaders know what others need. We're online. Todaysblackwomanradio.com. This is Today's Black Woman. I'm Jennifer Kim. Selling slack. Selling, selling slack. Selling slack. Selling, selling slack. Selling slack. Selling, selling slack. Buying the block back. Hey, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we are here in studio with Mr. Marcus D. Smith of the Sacramento Bee, y'all. TSU grad in the house. <laughs> Thought you knew. <laughs> yes, and we're enjoying this conversation so much. I am just excited about your future. I'm excited about what you're doing here in Sacramento for the community. And we were talking during the break about your journey to journalism. Tell me, tell the audience what that looked like for you, how you actually got in it, what what it looked like getting there. So earlier when you introduced me at the beginning of the show, you mentioned the Citrus Heights Sentinel. But for me, that wasn't my first start. That was my first start after my journalism career, freelancing and then doing and then working with them part time. Mm-hmm. As a journalist, that's that's what started my career in SAC. But for me, it was as soon as I had that dream after high school, I went to TSU and, and I explained that dream to professors, to radio program directors, to managers and hosts on air. When I explained that to the ba- basketball uh, uh, basketball president of operations and the sports information directors, when I spoke to Everybody that I need to, starting with my professor saying, okay, you need to go talk to this person. And then they say, you need to talk to that person. You need to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Just growing naturally within that. So it's, it started with with radio, actually. It started, that's why it's so ironic that this is my that this is my first interview. Full since, circle. Full circle. <laughs> this is my first interview with this position. But it started with radio, KTSU 90.9. Mm-hmm. Me and my friends, Akil Williams and and Robert Harris Jr., we had our own sports. We had our own sports uh, sports show, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And we ran into we ran into the like night after everyone was done because you know sport games are late on Saturdays and then Mondays and Fridays for basketball. That's cool. So from there, I got to, I got to know the sports information director because you have to get information. And in college, everybody wants to be on TV. So I was like, okay, I want to be I want to do broadcast. So let's work on the media side. So I went. 
to work. I went to work with him. Now, all the while, I'm doing radio. I'm working with the radio at TSU. I'm working with athletics with TSU. I at some point I started writing, just doing contributing stories to the student newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just hard work and dedication mm-hmm. and consistency more than anything. Mm-hmm. So you'd be the perfect person for the editor in chief position. Wow. So, just because your consistency and seeing you there, mm-hmm. and that's what we mean by consistency. When you're consistent at something, people become accustomed to seeing you there. Then you become, in their minds, mentally reliable. You're top of mind. And so when someone is considering a position for something, guess who the first person is they think of? That's you. That's In this case, it's myself. Yeah. And I would say... Once you've been doing that and building on that mm-hmm. for the last four years, it becomes who you are. See, when you're, see, this is how I like to space it out. When you're a kid at, from like K through 12, mm-hmm. once you graduate high school, at this point, the world is going to see you as a young adult right. from about 18 to 25. So that's when you can, you can try things out. It may fail. Okay, that didn't work. Let me start all over. Start all over right, again. Right. Try to figure it out. That's just still figuring it out stage. Yes. So while you're doing that, figure it out. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes mistakes. Nobody's human. Mm-hmm. But f- figure it out. Mm-hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself about failing during that time period. Right. There's no such thing as failure, but just a chance to learn. Right. That's it. Yeah. I tell myself I never fail. I always learn from every mistake that I make. And it always jettisons me higher when I try again. And you you never, I know it sounds a little bit corny, but you never fail if you don't quit. Exactly. And when you don't quit for so long, you it becomes a part of you. So when I finally got that degree when I got that when I got that prize mm-hmm. and I was stuck with do I stay in Houston or do I come back to SAC so many things mainly family family support I needed to be around more family right because I'm in the other half of my young adulthood so I need to, you still want to be around family if you can so I, had to, I needed to come back to Sacramento so I did but that never quit attitude still stuck with me so mm-hmm. when I had the opportunity to do some freelance work for an up and, at the time an up and coming professional indoor football team, the Sacramento Spartans. I don't know if you've heard oh, of them, but yeah. everyone's heard of the Sacramento Spartans. Little team, little team called Spartans. Love them. Had a chance to do some work, with, do some work with them, and eventually that just didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. But still kept the drive. Now I have the state job, like you said, with Covered California, just to kind of mm-hmm. keep money in my pocket, yeah, supplement the income, supplement mm-hmm. the income. But I still said this isn't what I want to do. I have to keep that drive alive because so many people, that. so many, so many people just get complacent. Mm-hmm. And I just told myself that's not what I'm going to do. I heard that. Did y'all hear that? He said he supplemented his income. While he was still pursuing his dream, and exactly. flat out, look at where you are now. I'm making sure we. I'm making sure we stay in time. I, I can talk about this. I can, I can talk about this but forever. We, we we got five minutes because I just looked, and I want you to talk to the audience about where you see yourself five years from now. Five years from now. Mm-hmm. My goal is to have made a positive impact on the city of Sacramento and our black communities. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what my goal is. And my five-year plan is really just to 
become the voice and become an individual that they look that everyone looks to, that government officials look to when something needs to be done Mm -hmm. and just really hold myself to that standard. So Mm -hmm. that's what that's what that's how I envision myself and being in Sacramento and really working on working on that for years to come for at least the next five years for sure. Do you have any political aspirations? Um, you see yourself city council. If I governor. if I did if I did I want to speak on that right now. No, look at him. He already working the, on the job. For them to kill my career early. <laughs> no, you, no, ma'am, not you me. Know, you know they 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 prime you really early. Somebody might target you real soon. Yeah, so be that careful. Part. We gonna look. We gonna be praying. No, I'm just a journalist. Audience. I'm just a I'm just a journalist. Y'all pray over this young man right now because as I said that I was. Was really thinking that could really happen where somebody targets you trying to get you on a track you shouldn't need to be on so we're going to pray that you stay protected from outside forces that have nothing to do with what god intended for your life i pray to jehovah every day mm-hmm. i sure do appreciate you being on the show and i'm excited about where your career is taking you And I know that you are going to make some outstanding connections. We are living in a time right now. You are are here at this time, this moment in space. And it is a God-appointed time. And the position that you are in is significant and special and exclusively yours. And so the opportunities and the doors that open up for you I know you don't take them lightly. I'm just saying, you know, because there is a calling that's greater and you may not see right now where this is going to take you. But for you to start in a position like this so early on at such a time as this is just going to be an awesome opportunity for you. And I'm extremely looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it for you. You know what, y'all? We're going to check out of here early. What? How about that? Yeah, How about those? <laughs> <laughs> you are two minutes early. How about that? You have been listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and you just heard from Mr. Marcus D. Smith of the Sacramento Bee. You're going to be hearing a lot more from him. So businesses, um, Friends, family, open up your eyes and your hearts to him. You know what I want you to do again? Tell us how people can reach you, how they can connect to you. First things first, if you're on social media, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Marcus Smith. And then, of course, subscribe to the Sacramento Bee, www.sacbee.com. And under local, Scroll on down to the Equity Lab. Go to the Equity Lab, y'all, where you're going to find Sir Marcus. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key. And if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top. Bye now. Hey, girl. What are you doing for Halloween? Staying in and trying not to catch COVID.